Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Isocross podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Dr. Manos Brilakis, we're more than happy to have Professor Margaret Fogg from the Department of Orthopedics and Traumatology of the Queen Mary Hospital in Hong Kong with us today. In this episode, we will talk and discuss about her recently published article in the Journal of Isocross talking about state-of-the-art treatment of the cubital tunnel syndrome. Hi, Margaret, and thank you for your time to join us in our podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific focus. Well, I work in Department of Orthopedics and Traumatology, Queen Mary Hospital, which is a university hospital of the University of Hong Kong. So my main focus is on hand, wrist and elbow pathologies, though I have a special interest in soft tissue injuries in the wrist and elbow and like to explore them using arthroscopic techniques. However, we have to manage a wide variety of pathologies, including congenital hands, trauma and degenerative conditions and perform flaps, soft tissue reconstructions, replantations, fracture fixation and fusion and arthroplasty. Perfect, thanks. So, so we'll just jump into our discussion. So. Once uh, you've read your article, which is excellent because it gives a very good overview of the carpal tunnel syndrome, how does a typical patient with carpal tunnel syndrome present in your office? What are the typical symptoms? Actually, um, most of my, because most of my patients are in the public system, so actually that takes them some time to come to see me. So they often present late. So. And it ranges from basically occasional numbness to persistent numbness of the ulnar two fingers to severe muscle wasting. Um, a typical patient, I would say that the patients would present with ulnar two finger numbness, especially when they flex their elbow or at night. And then they will notice a gradual weakness of the grip strength and they may see some wasting of the intrinsic muscles of the hand. And if I do physical examination, I will often elicit a tenel site just behind the posterior to the medial epiconda of the of the elbow. And most older patients will have osteoarthritis of the elbow with some kind of um, elbow flexion contraction. In young and thin adults, they usually will present with some irritation of our nerve when flexing the elbow or on direct um, contact to the, the tables or chair or direct contusion. Thank you. And you also mentioned the conservative uh, treatment. So how do you decide whether to treat the carpal tunnel syndrome conservatively or operatively? If the patients come in with just sensory symptoms and they haven't undergo any conservative treatment, I will usually advise them to undergo some kind of conservative treatment. At the same time, I will ask them to arrange a nerve conduction test because it may take some time for them to have an appointment. For severe cases, for example, they already developed intrinsic wasting, then which is a classification of the McGowan 3 or Janet 3. Um, especially if confirmed with nerve conduction tests, I will offer surgery because those cases, I don't think any conservative treatment will help them. And what would be a conservative treatment and, and how would you be a, how would you um, address a failed or what is a failed conservative treatment? Well, conservative treatment it includes um, a few different modalities. 
that include activity modification or education, asking them not to flex the elbow during some exercise. Um, I will refer them to occupational therapist for extension brace or splint that they can wear at night. And, if, and sometimes they can even have a working splint at the daytime. Um, I also refer them to physio and they have some kinds of nerve gliding exercises they would like to do. Um, I don't do really steroid injection because I think in literature it has not been given a really significant effect. So if the patients have persistent symptoms or deterioration of symptoms after at least three months of conservative treatment and have a confirmation with the nerve conduction test, then I will offer them surgery. Thank you. And, and once you decided for an operative treatment, sometimes it is very hard to identify or find the ulnar nerve. Have you a trick or any suggestion to proceed endoscopically? Um, I think usually I would advise to start with a thin patient because um, the ulnar nerve is always between the medial epicondyle and the olecranon at the ritual condylar groove. So that will be the place that you will find them. And in the thin patients, you can actually feel them quite easily. Um, I suggest that in the first few cases, you use a bigger incision so that you're not working in a small or wound and then you and then you have difficulty in finding the nerve. Sometimes you need cataphoric practice if you are not sure. And I will always start with, that's the reason why I will always say that don't do any cases where you have where you have undergone trauma before or surgical incision before because it will be easier to find a nerve in the virgin cases. And uh, when do you consider an open approach for ulnar nerve release? Like, is there any point we can we say, okay, the uh, endoscopical approach is not... Um, helping enough or is there any specific pathology where you switch or we, we just start open? Um, if the, there is lesion or mass that could be compressing onto the nerve itself, then I don't think endoscopic cubital tunnel release is the way to go because we actually need to excise the lesion or the mass. In cases where as mentioned earlier that about the previous trauma or surgery to an our nerve and elbow, sometimes you have difficulty in finding the nerve and then there may be a lot of scars sticking down into the nerve. So in these cases, I will think that open approach is much more uh, beneficial. In cases where you have severe elbow contracture or where cases that you actually need to do another open surgery, for example, corrective osteotomy of the distal humeral malalignment, then these cases, there's no point in doing endoscopic cubital tunnel release. You should do an open approach. In cases where the patients have particular conditions requiring, for example, submuscular transposition, because even though that I have said in the article that we can do um, subcutaneous transposition, but in cases where you need to do submuscular transposition, for example, in patients who are very slim or susceptible to our nerve irritation, then in these cases, you need to do an open approach. Perfect, thank you. And is this uh, the endoscopic a challenging approach for the elbow surgeon or do you think like if you're familiar with the elbow arthroscopy this would be just an add-on to your daily uh, practice like did you practice a lot or is it a technique you can uh, easily learn i think it's a technique that's quite easily learned um, especially if you have done the open approach many times so you understand anatomy then it is not a difficult procedure to, to get the hang of. 
um, you need to be comfortable with the surgical equipments because there are specialized equipments that we use. So I would say that to consider a trial with the cadaveric materials first. We should start with simple cases and give yourself plenty of time and do not rush through a case. Um, think that you should use a bigger incisions first. And, uh, and when you use the, the device, it must be advanced without resistance because one of the disadvantage or the um, one of the complication is that you have bleedings. And so if you have, if you tend to um, advance the device with resistance, you create a lot of trauma to the soft tissue and then may cause a lot of bleeding. And also you may injure the nerve as well. This was a uh, um, outstanding um, scientific um, approach to uh, treat the carpal tunnel syndrome. So thank you for joining uh, our podcast today. And I think we have answered a lot of clinical questions for our listeners. And hopefully we'll have you back for another episode uh, once you publish the next article. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isacos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.